This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use, and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also, there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity, and storytelling. So open up the Notes app on your phone, and let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this special series of the podcast where I'll be speaking to female podcasters about their podcasting journey so far, the lessons they've learned, any challenges they've overcome or faced, and what advice they would give you, someone starting out in the podcasting space. So let's go meet today's guest. I would like to welcome today's guest, Chelsea Rife. Chelsea is a mindset and podcast coach and host of In My Non-Expert Opinion podcast. She's had a variety of guests on, including Gabby Bernstein, The Royal Shaman, Topsy Vanderbosch, Lauren Everts, Bostic, and so many more. Her podcast covers lifestyle, entrepreneurship, money, spirituality, and mental health, and has over 48,000 downloads. She currently works with clients to launch their podcasts and assist them in navigating the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Her work can be experienced in a variety of ways, including audio courses, masterclasses, workshops, and private coaching. Chelsea loves traveling, podcasts, of course, cooking, Pilates, the beach, astrology, rap music and documentaries. Chelsea, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad that we were able to have this conversation. Let's just get it out there now. Chelsea is one of my clients. We've been working together now for a couple of months. I'm just providing some maternity cover for her lovely VA. So before we get into the nitty gritty to kick us off, Chelsea, I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about you. How did you go from sales rep of a software company to mindset and podcast coach? Oh, yeah, that is a good question. So I was working in sales for about six years and I really enjoyed it. It was selling a content marketing software, which basically housed influencers and people that created content. So journalists, photographers, writers, etc. And what we would do is basically partner brands with them to create content on their behalf. Now, I went to grad school for digital media and storytelling, so I learned how to do all that stuff. I learned how to photograph and tell stories with audio and video and write a story that was literally what I studied for a year. And so I also had a background in broadcast journalism with reporting and hosting, and that was always my forte was kind of telling stories. So I found while I was in my sales job, the first few years, I loved it, but I started realizing I could be on the other side of this. Like, why am I not one of the writers or the photographers or the podcasters, whatever, in this software that is being used to, you know, create content for brands? And that was my job every day was to look at content creators. So I eventually, I was kind of just getting this nudge of like, you need to be on the other side of this. You need to be creating content. So I remember hearing a podcaster, actually it was Lauren Bostic, 
just talk about you need to start a podcast like just launch and adjust just launch it and adjust it and I was getting so in my head about a podcast because I had never really I hadn't listened to them that much I was at the point when I started my podcast at that point I was only listening to you know watching YouTube videos and Instagram and all the other platforms and the only podcasts I were listening to were like Serial and maybe a few others but I remember listening to Serial and being like wait the way she tells the story and how they produce the show is kind of what I learned about podcasting and telling stories in my grad school. But I started to put two and two together of like, wait, I could have a podcast. Maybe it doesn't need to be a YouTube or a blog or an Instagram like I was thinking. And podcasting just sounds way easier. I don't have to record a video. I don't have to book a huge, you know, filming studio. I could just do this in the comfort of my home. So I had the idea for a while and it took me about a year to launch it. I was just sitting and stalling and getting in my own head. And that's when I kept hearing that podcaster Lauren say like, look, your first few episodes might suck and that's okay. You just (laughs) need to get it out there and start doing it. So honestly, what prompted me to start was a breakup. I remember I wanted to start and after the breakup, I was like, I need something to pour myself into and like distract me and have a creative outlet. So I started my podcast and it was very random at first. It was like interviewing um, my chiropractor and, you know, (laughs) someone down the street and my mom and my sister. It was just so random. It was like, I just want to like get a podcast out there. And eventually I started taking it more seriously and I hired an editor and, and I kept going and now I've had it for four years. And it wasn't Mm. until last year when I quit my corporate job and I started traveling that I found the world of coaching. And originally I started coaching people on just mindset stuff. So helping them bridge the gap from where they were at that moment to where they wanted to be in the future. And I was doing a lot of courses and private coaching around that. And people would always ask me about my podcast. So it started to click of like, maybe I should teach people about podcasting instead. And when I started bringing it up, people were like, yeah, I'm shocked you didn't teach podcasting from the beginning. Like, that's what I know you for is your podcast. So it really has just clicked in the last four or five months. Like, I need to be focusing on teaching people the power of podcasting and how they can Mm. launch theirs and really lean into that. So that's how I got into it. Fantastic. There's so many things there that I've, I've had to make notes so lauren's advice launch it and adjust it like mic drop (laughs) yeah brilliant that's brilliant advice because people like you mentioned do get into their own head and think oh it needs to be perfect from the start but i've just not heard it in those words before those four simple words i love it launch it and adjust it and you talked about you know your education around storytelling how important would you say storytelling is in podcasting It's interesting because now podcasts are, it almost feels like you're a fly on the wall just listening to people's conversations. And those are the ones that actually do pretty well when it's, you know, a host and another co-host just chit-chatting and, and, you know, shooting the breeze and then they get into the story. But I do think it's important to try and make your story cohesive in some way, because I know we've heard podcasts before where you're like, where is the host going with this? This doesn't make sense. They've been rambling on a tangent or they don't know how to bring it back into the interview and ask the right questions. Mm. So I will say it's a, a huge piece of it, but I don't think you need to be an absolute master. It's more so like, do you have the self-awareness to understand when you're rambling and on a tangent and how can you bring the conversation back into the flow of how it would run? And do you have any tips for how one could bring the conversation? Because like you said, yeah, I've listened to some podcasts and it just... 
yeah, the original topic just goes slightly left. But do you have any tips for how someone could, because interviewing is a skill. I know when I started my podcast, I had every intention to never interview a living soul. <laughs> it was going to be solo all the way. But I, I will admit, after I did my first one, I was like, oh, that was fun. And actually, I do, I do quite enjoy interviewing people. But I do appreciate it's a skill. There's things that you should do before the interview, during the interview. So any sort of tips that you would share for exactly that? So making sure that your show doesn't go off on a tangent. Oh, yeah, so many. I actually have a masterclass called Interview Like Oprah because it is such a skill. And some of the things I teach are actually what you're doing now, like making notes of what the guest is saying and writing it down to circle back to. And then also having an outline of questions that you can refer to in case the conversation falls flat. Or if you notice that the guest is just going off on a tangent, that you have that question that you asked in front of you. So you could be like, okay, you know, to get back to the question, what were those three things that X, Y, and Z? Yeah. I also find to prevent people from going on a tangent, back them into a certain number of answers that you want. So instead of asking, hey, Rosemary, um, tell me about being a VA. I would probably ask you, what are your top three favorite things about being a VA? Oh. So now you know, okay, I have to answer three things versus I'm yes. going to ramble on for 45 <laughs> minutes about being a VA, which could be amazing. Yeah, yeah. no, that's so good. Because it's more defined rather than just yeah. open-ended. Because then, yeah, for the first question, they could just go on. Oh, I love that. I need to write that down myself. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah, of course. That is really helpful for me. I really noticed when I started doing that, I started getting more specific answers too. And mm. and that's what I ask. So if you're like, oh, I love my clients and I love my hours and this and that, I could take that and even get more micro specific mm. and be like, well, what about your hours? Like, do you take Mondays off? Like, wh how does it feel to be able to take vacations however long you want? And now we're continuing the conversation without it being a total, you know, tangent off to the left. Yeah, no, I love that. That's brilliant. Thank you. So you launched your podcast in 2017. And at the time of this recording, you currently stand at 131 episodes. And then there's a few bonus episodes sprinkled throughout as well. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, for this spotlight series, that makes you the longest standing podcaster. As people will know, our listeners will know, this special series is highlighting, spotlighting female podcasters who are at different stages in their journey. And having launched your podcast four years ago, I could consider you a veteran. <laughs> what <laughs> would you say you've learned in those four years? Oh, yeah, so many things. I think the first and foremost is you do not need to have all the equipment you think you need up front, which backs into the whole idea of launching and adjusting. That's what took me so long. I was mm. trying to find the best microphone, the best headphones, special studio. And it was like, what are you doing? You could record this on your voice memo on your phone, send the file to your laptop and edit it and upload it. And so I think that really took me a long time to get over that hump. And I would say that was a big yeah. learning lesson was I ended up doing like my first 60 episodes on the voice note app on my phone. And people would ask me like, what studio are you recording in? It sounds amazing. I'm like, I'm in my bed with my phone recording. Like that's what I'm doing. So that would be like my first one. Um, my second one is if you are interviewing people, I, I don't know if a lot of podcast hosts realize this, but 
you will barely be talking if you're the interviewer. So, Mm. you know, you want to have a conversation, you want to be relatable and fun and make sure that the conversation is exciting. But if you find that you are constantly speaking over your guest and interrupting them and turning things back to you, it makes for a horrible story. And I know we've all listened to those podcasts where you're like, why do they keep cutting off the guest? Why Mm. hasn't the guest gotten a word in? Or the guest is about to like finish a really exciting answer and all of a sudden the podcaster jumps in with like their own story and how they relate to it. And I had to learn that the hard way of listening back to some of my own episodes being like, wow, I was trying to relate to them. And that ended up causing me to kind of steamroll the conversation. And it almost sounded like a solo episode. And that the guest was just kind of in the room versus really highlighting and heroing the guest. That was a big one. And then the third one is that if I could start over again, I think I would have done seasons to build in rest between my podcasts. Because Ah. I went hard in the beginning. I was like, I'm going to do it a weekly one hour episode. And it just became so much that I ended up fully pausing my podcast for months at a time. Like if you go look at my published dates, there are huge gaps between when I was recording because I was so burnt out. And I think looking Mm. back, I would have done a season of like eight to 10 episodes, taken a month break. Another eight to 10 episodes, take a month break. Because I know now after doing this for four years, you can definitely burn out if you're doing a weekly podcast. Yeah, most definitely. I imagine that you started batching your interviews to kind of help bring some structure and to avoid burnout happening again? Yeah, I like to batch the interviews. And if I am trying to avoid burnout, I just look at my calendar and be like, okay, plan ahead. And if something's Mm. really not coming to me in the moment of like, maybe it's not a big business lesson or story. Maybe it's just a life update that I could knock out in 45 minutes. And the solo episodes where I'm doing life updates, I always thought people wouldn't like those. And they were like filler episodes. But those surprisingly ended up being some of my best downloaded ones. So when Mm. I'm feeling like stuck in a creative block or anything, I actually will speak about that. And I'll be like, you know what, guys, like, here's how I get through creative blocks. And here's what's coming up this week. So yeah, if I don't plan it, I know at least like I have a backup plan to my backup plan. (laughs) Yeah, backup A, B, C and keep going. No, I love that. Yeah, I think people underestimate the power, so to speak, of seasons. So when would you say you kind of realized or when did that burnout happen? Can you kind of remember how many episodes in? I think it was uh, probably around the 20 episode mark, but I actually read a statistic that most podcasters will stop around podcast episode seven. And it's really interesting because I had a friend that started hers so ready to go, like so excited. And after episode seven, she was like, I need a break. I need to take a break. Um, I have an old client right now going through the same thing, like so excited to launch and she's on episode four or five. And she's like, how do you do this on a weekly basis? And I'm like, I really think people should start with seasons or like shorter episodes because it is a lot to do an hour weekly episode. Yeah. Or they can go into it with, okay, I'm going to do a special season of five episodes, 10 episodes, and then see how it goes. And if they decide, oh, this isn't for me, then they know that they've gone in planning one season. I think a lot of it is fear of failure. Mm -hmm. as well I don't think they want to go into it you know and then realize oh this isn't for me and then be seen as or think of themselves as having failed so Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important point just go in with like I've got a a client at the moment who's just doing one season of 10 we launched with the trailer and three and then the seven will go out every fortnight 
So that will take her to the end of the year. And that's been her focus. And then in 2022, she'll kind of see how the podcast has, you know, how it's developed, if there's like good listenership, that kind of thing, and then plan for the future from there on. But I think people go into it with these big, grand ideas and even bigger, even grander expectations. Um, and then they don't quite factor in or don't realise how much time, effort and brain power mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> is involved with having a podcast. There's so much involved. Yeah, it's not just the recording. I think people think, no. oh, an hour recording every week, maybe a little bit time for editing. I'm like, okay, well, it's usually double time for editing, then graphics, then show notes. Then if you want to write an email newsletter, then if you want to make an Instagram story and a video, like all of that takes time. And if you're doing that on a weekly basis, you really do need to plan ahead or like I said, do a season. And something interesting I would recommend if people are getting into it is doing just a pop-up podcast where it's just like mm-hmm. a one-time podcast of 10 episodes, kind of what you were just yeah. saying. And then decide, do I actually like this? Do I want to continue? So you're setting it up like, hey, this is a pop-up podcast. I'm experimenting. Um, and then that sets expectations if to your listeners. And then you get to decide if you want to continue. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a really, really good tip. Um, so you mentioned earlier in terms of the power of podcasting. What does that mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like when I started my podcast, it was just this creative outlet and I liked talking to people and I liked interviewing people. And as the podcast started to develop and I grew my listenership and then I started my business, I started to realize this wasn't just a creative outlet. I was building connections and friendships all over. Even right now, I am going through a breakup and I'm traveling and I'm able to meet up with people in different cities because of my podcast. I'm like, I don't know that that would have happened if I didn't have my podcast. Then when my business started, I remember mentioning my course in my podcast. And by the way, my podcast had nothing to do with business at all. It was, you know, random. It was like lifestyle, travel, spirituality. And then I mentioned like, hey, I have a course coming up. It's my first one. If you're interested, let me know. And to this day, that was my most successful course launch because I had the podcast and people were so ready to support me after the three plus years that I had it. It it started to make sense. Like this is not just a creative outlet. This is a business funnel. This is a relationship builder. This is a way for me to build confidence. I built a lot of confidence from doing my podcast week after week and then being able to pitch some like higher, uh, I don't know what you call them, tier, like almost celebrity guests like Gabby Bernstein Mm -hmm. and some of these mega influencers. I had to really have confidence to get on a Zoom call with these people and and interview them. And that gave me a whole new sense of self-esteem that, again, I don't think I would have picked up had I not done podcasting. So the power of it is it's almost immeasurable. It can take you so many different places. And I know I keep mentioning this one woman, but I think she's a great case study is Lauren Bostick. She started a podcast with her husband. And she has parlayed that into an empire. She focuses on um, wellness and beauty. And she interviewed all these skincare experts and, you know, wellness experts and trendsetters. And from all those interviews, she ended up creating a whole book. And then because of how she built her name in that industry of just being a go-to resource, she ended up scoring a brand deal with a huge skincare brand that created a product around her. So it was called like her name. And she just launched her own product. So I'm like, wait a second. I don't think that would have happened without her podcast. She Mm -hmm. turned that into a whole empire. And that's another example of the power of podcasting. That's amazing. 
And how long has her podcast been around? Do you remember? Um, since about 2016. Okay, so like five years and she's, mm-hmm. wow. So imagine what she can do in the next yeah. five years. That's just amazing. And as you mentioned, the podcast is your funnel and it can open up so many different opportunities. I think a lot of people go into it, of course, to generate leads for their business. But at the same time, I know people who have been offered book deals. I know one person that I met recently, she was offered a Facebook group, a thriving Facebook group. And in this group were her ideal clients. That's just, it's like, there you go, plop, just just hand it over to me all because of someone that she interviewed on her podcast made a connection with and now her business is booming because or due to in some way the connection to the Facebook group so the opportunities are absolutely endless and people need to think bigger than okay I'm going to get five new clients a month for example (laughs) you need to think beyond like the opportunities are endless they're limitless so open your mind and and be ready the podcast is just something that will that will funnel those opportunities to you and to your business so you mentioned a bit about traveling and I'm a little bit travel obsessed. And I've said to you multiple times before that I live vicariously through you because <laughs> <laughs> I love traveling. But the beauty of podcasting is that you can do it anywhere. And in the last, I think it's the last 15 months or so, would you say you have been traveling around the world or predominantly Europe? Is that right? Yeah. The last year, a little bit over a year, I've been in Europe. And then the year before that, I was in Australia. Oh, amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience and how you managed to keep up with the podcast whilst, you know, moving from one country to the next or even one continent to another? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think it goes back to keeping it simple, like from a tactical standpoint, just having my phone and my laptop, I was able to record in a lot of places. Eventually, I got a microphone that was small and I could easily pack and pick up and go wherever. But there was an incident recently where I couldn't find the cord in my microphone and everything was missing. And I'm like, I'm just going to record on my voice memo app. And it ended up sounding fine. And I just sent the file to myself. So in terms of like recording, I've never found that hard. I just need a Mm. quiet space. I actually remember one time I could not find a quiet space. So I just went outside and I was super transparent. And I was like, I'm recording outside. (laughs) I don't have a space to record. And what people loved about it is they could hear birds in the back and the water in the background and they were like that was actually one of my favorite ones because it just sounded like you were truly like we were with you in that moment so now i'm like i'm pretty cognizant of like i don't mind if there's like birds chirping in the back or like some ocean waves it's kind of nice yeah so yeah that's how i've been able to do it and in terms of content like i said before my business it's been a lot of like life updates if you go back to when i lived in australia I was doing updates of what it was like to live in Australia during the coronavirus, what it was like to live in a hostel, what it was like to start a business during the coronavirus. It was almost like an audio diary. So I treated it like that. And I never ran out of content because I was like, well, what's going on this week? That's what I'm going to talk about. And it actually really helped me keep up with friends back home instead of like doing calls with them all the time. They're like, I listen to your podcast, so I don't really need updates. Like, you know, we we hear everything you're going through every week. So it was nice. I was like, this is saving me a lot of FaceTime. So um, yeah, it's, it's a fun outlet too. I love that. So I had my daughter pretty young at 20, I think it was. So, you know, my whole 20s passed me by. But if I could redo life, I would definitely, I didn't know it was a thing until recently, but I would definitely be 
like a digital nomad, living that life that laptop lifestyle. How has it been? What have what has some of the challenges been traveling mm. around the world, so to speak? Oh yeah, a lot. I think a lot of people they see the digital nomad lifestyle, and of course it's fun, and I love that I could pick up and work wherever. But there are a lot of downsides, like the time zone difference. I actually、mm. just had a client say. I didn't realize that the time zone difference was this big, and I find it hard to communicate. And now we're talking about potentially reworking her agreement because the time、mm. zone difference is like nine or ten hours. And then、uh, also just converters. <laughs> this is really annoying when you switch countries and you're like, "Wait, my laptop does not plug into that cord."、Yes. Now my laptop's dead.、The、now I have to go on Amazon.、Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like little little stuff like that.、Um, even some places that you just assume have Wi-Fi, and you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna." You know, get a bus and go all the way there, and they're like, "We don't have Wi-Fi," or、oh, it's super、no. loud, or they only offer Wi-Fi for thirty minutes. That's happened a lot of times where I've had to move around client calls because I'm like, "Hey, I thought this cafe would have Wi-Fi, and they don't, and I can't do anything, and or my converter doesn't work, so my laptop、mm-hmm. died, and that happens a lot." Also, when you're when you're switching countries so often too, the time zone thing pops up again with your calendar where you、mm. were just in a country, and then you switch countries and you're like, wait a second, everything just moved back an hour, <laughs> and you're like, did I send out the right time? A- yeah. Am I still available at this time? And that's the hardest thing for me to keep up with is like constantly checking the time zone and making sure that I can talk to the person. But yeah, I think if you're working with people in a whole different time zone, it can be absolutely challenging、mm. to connect with your clients when they want to chat. That's a really good point, actually. Even that practical stuff around the laptop and making sure you can charge it. Yeah, yeah I didn't even like. Obviously, when we go on holiday, I will make sure I've got I've got different adapters, but. You're just going from home to one country and back, but when you're sort of like country hopping, and they、mm-hmm. all have well, sometimes they have different plugs and sockets and stuff. Yeah, I mean,、mm-hmm. and then you have to then try and find somewhere that sells. Oh, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been spending the last two days doing. I've been borrowing a friend's, and then I was like, "Let me just do Amazon Prime." I'm like, "Well, wait, I don't have Prime in the UK because I don't live here. I had to sign up for a trial." That it's like this is the type of stuff that no one talks about. That's very、yeah. annoying. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point, actually, because if you look on Instagram, they really sell, or maybe it's the people I follow, but there's this big thing around. Oh, you can work wherever you want, but you're right. I don't think anyone's ever mentioned any of these downsides that、no. you really need to consider. Yeah, yeah, it's great to just you know wake up one week and be in one country, and another week be in another country. But if you can't do the work that's allowing you to live that lifestyle, then it's a bit sucky. Yeah, <laughs> that's even a word. Yeah, if you think about like client expectations, like it's、mm. it's annoying to constantly have to reschedule or move things around. And I also think if you're used to routine and like you like your own space and you have a desk, it can be really hard to just pick up and move every other week. When you're like, wait, I had my cute little desk set up with my plan and my pictures, and like now that's not my desk anymore, or I don't have that same space. It's a pretty unstable lifestyle if you're bopping around like I am. I know a lot of digital nomads that plant roots a bit more. You know, they'll stay in places for three to six months and then pick up and go. Or I've been like every other week switching a new city <laughs> or new country. But hopefully soon I will be a little more settled because it is very unstable. Yeah, no, but fun. I follow, yeah, obviously I follow you on Instagram and the photos and just the things that you're able, the experiences you're able to take part in is just. It's so memorable, and that's what you're doing. You're making memories. Yes. So I hope that kind of. 
it balances out, I hope. If it yeah. doesn't outweigh, I hope it just balances it out. But yeah, thank you yeah. for sharing those experiences. So what's one tip? I think you mentioned it. So launch it, adjust it. But what other tip would you share with aspiring podcasters? I actually think when you're starting out to just get the like recording jitters out, record mm. one or two test episodes that are you don't even have to like plan them just speaking into a microphone because we've actually talked about this but doing solo episodes can feel really weird because it's just you and the laptop and you're trying to make it sound like it's not you just sitting in a room and like be enthusiastic and continue to make relevant points and transition and i remember recording solos like this is hard just sitting here for 45 minutes mm. talking to myself so i would recommend like i said just do Doing like a test track or two where you're like, let me just like word vomit and see what happens and get comfortable <laughs> with it. Because if you're going in with the expectation of like, I am going to absolutely nail my first few episodes, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you and I chatted a few days ago and you inspired me. Well, this morning, as we talked about before recording, I have been super tired today. Well, the whole week and was behind with recording my latest episode went out today and you inspired me to just do it on my phone. Mm. And do you know what? It sounded pretty good. Yeah. Whereas before I was like, no, no, because I've always heard about top podcasters who record on their phone. And I'll admit, I've kind of like, you know, sniffed my, <laughs> my nose up in the air at them. But actually, this morning, I just could not bear to, to leave my bed to get the laptop and set up the mic and all that stuff. And then I thought of you and our conversation and the phone was there, the earphones were there, my notes were there, and I just did it. And then, yeah, I had to get up to edit it on the laptop, but I was quite surprised by the quality. So, you know, you know what you're talking about. That's definitely a really, really good tip and one that I intend to use in the future. So thank you yeah. for that. Of course. Like I said, when I travel, if I'm like, my microphone is portable, but it's not that light and it's kind of annoying. So I'm like, I could just go in a quiet room really quick and grab my phone. And I'm telling you, a lot of people commented on the quality of my podcast in the beginning. And they're and I'm like, it's from my phone. Like even now, I'm like, maybe I need to switch back to my phone. <laughs> it's a lot easier. I think, you know, just grab two things and go with your laptop as we're recording now, I had to take a few minutes to make sure everything's set up. I've plugged in the microphone. Is it showing up in my recording software? So yeah, right. it is a lot easier. There's a lot less steps with the phone. I did run it through Ophonic before I edited, but when I pressed play, I was like, <laughs> this is better than recording in Audacity. This is fantastic. I'm going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> so- definitely Thank you so much <laughs> exactly yeah that's what i mean if you're just starting out just simplify it people yeah. you'll start googling and youtubing and overwhelming yourself do not do that get your phone out record and plug it in an easy software and you're good do not make it complex yeah and to just add because i know sometimes the tech gets really confusing it's really easy to then like if you've got google drive on your phone the app and then you share it to your Google Drive. So that's not even an additional step. So for anyone wondering, well, how do I then get it from the memo app to somewhere where I can then download it on my laptop and edit? That's a really simple process as well. Yeah. Okay, so I want to just move the dial a little bit. So I know that you've recently launched your four-week course, Mic Drop, that takes people through every step of launching a podcast, including naming the podcast, creating cover art, 
basic editing skills, the art of storytelling, equipment recommendations, and so much more. Guys, there's so much involved in this course. You definitely will check it out. We will talk a little bit more about it and ensure that the links are in the show notes. But Chelsea, my question to you is, is what prompted you to create this course? Yeah, I noticed when I was working with private clients, a lot of them were asking the same things of, you know, well, what host site do I use? Or, you know, when I create cover, are there certain guidelines? And when I interview, how do I ask these questions? So I'm like, well, instead of keeping this information contained to only my private clients, I could make a whole course out of this. And I noticed a lot of people were getting into podcasting. If you've seen this year, Instagram keeps updating their algorithm, it seems like every two Mm. weeks. And I saw a lot of people getting really frustrated with like, I don't want to do reels. I don't want to be posting every day. I don't want to batch my content months out in advance. And I started just talking about podcasting. And I was actually surprised to see how many people wanted to start one, but just hadn't because of all these different reasons. Some of it was tech. Some of it was like, I think I'm going to run out of content or I don't have anything important to say or who would listen. And so that's when I realized this course doesn't need to just address the technical stuff. I need to address the stuff that's kind of more mindset and energy focus of like, why do you think you have nothing important to say? Or why do you think no one's going to listen and put that in the course as well? So it really came from a like an intuitive place, but also noticing that the landscape was changing. And I do think we're going to see more people starting podcasts in the next few months. Yeah, no, definitely. I think so too. I spoke to a few people who are thinking about 2022. Podcasting is going to continue to grow. I think a lot of people think it's brand new, but it has been around for many, many years. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of wanted to touch on the things that you just, those mind monkeys, I like to call them, that stops people from starting. I know I had a, um, a discovery call about a month or two ago. She's a business coach. And one question she mentioned to me is, how will I stand out? So she was kind of, oh, I've wanted to start a podcast for a while. I know that, as you mentioned before, Chelsea, it's like a funnel. So she doesn't like writing blogs, but feels compelled to write them to produce content for Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And I spoke to her about, you know, the podcast is the top of the funnel and it can be repurposed for all this content. And her kind of, I don't know what you would call it, her mind monkey, her block, I guess, was... There's so many business coaches and there really are (laughs) so many (laughs) business coaches and a lot of them have a podcast. How could I stand out? And you kind of think, oh, wow. So someone that presented themselves, you know, really confident to still think, well, why me? How can I be different? So I just said, well, it's you, you are different. All those other business coaches are different from each other as well. It's what you bring to your podcast. You won't bring the same thing as them because you're a different person. I think people just need to work through those blocks and know that they're just a block. It's just a mindset thing and take action. And like you said, I'm going to keep, this might be my new thing. Sorry, Lauren. Launch it and adjust it. (laughs) Just do it, learn, grow and adjust as you go. So I absolutely Love everything that you've said, everything that you shared with us today. And you guys should definitely check out Chelsea's podcast. The recent bonus series covers quite a few of those blocks that we experience around, oh, will anyone listen? All that kind of stuff. So make sure that you check out the podcast ASAP. 
Oh, thank you. And I, I have a really specific example I would love to share about yeah. what that coach was going through. I compare that to restaurants. When you think about it, there's like an Italian restaurant in every neighborhood, no matter what country you're in. Mm. In Australia, an Italian restaurant. In Florida, Italian restaurant. Spain, Italian restaurant. Like they keep opening. And you never you never think, oh, well, you know, there's uh, Chez Pierre down the street, but Tony's Subs is around the corner. Why would Tony's Subs open when Chez Pierre is down the street? It's like, well, they're two different things. One is yeah. known for its ambiance. One is known for its meatballs. One is mm. known for its wine. You don't take inventory and be like, I can't believe they would open a meatball place right next to a pasta place. It's like, yeah. oh, great. There's options so I can choose. And here's the thing. We make the assumption that if there's someone like us, that people will only listen to that person. We as humans love listening to the same things over and over. Like when we watch movies, you usually like one genre of movie. When you read a book, you usually like a specific genre of a book. So with business coaches or any type of coach, really, you don't need to try and capture the whole market to listen to your podcast. It's likely that someone's going to come to you for a very specific piece of information and then go to another coach for a different perspective. Mm. Like I literally invest in multiple coaches at a time. Right now I have like three different coaches and if they all had podcasts, I would all listen to them because they offer me a different flavor. So stop thinking of it as like, I'm in competition and I need every listener to listen to mine. Instead, think of it as like, oh, great, I'm going to add another flavor to this ice cream cone and people love getting more than one scoop. So like, that's how I think of it. Oh, I love that. I'm glad that you were able to get that in there. I love that restaurant analogy. Thank you so, so much for sharing that, Chelsea. Absolutely. I would love it if you could tell our listeners where they can find you and of course, sign up for your courses or to work with you one-to-one. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife. My website is chelsearife.com. My course, Mic Drop, is going to be coming out as an evergreen course in a month. So stay tuned for that. And also my podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. So you can go to my Instagram and find the link there. And I also have an Instagram for the podcast called Non-Expert Opinion Pod, where you can find the link to listen there as well. Fantastic. I will make sure all those links are included in the show notes. Thank you again, Chelsea, for joining me today to share your podcasting journey with us. And of course, for all the tips, number one being launch it and adjust it. I'm just going to keep repeating that, guys, (laughs) because I think it's fantastic. Look forward to a graphic coming out soon with this episode as well. And of course, we work together, so we will definitely stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.